I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Satan, you bow your knee. Satan, you bow your knee. You fall on your face. You fall on your face. An announcement to make. I also have an announcement to make. I also will be making an announcement right now. Oh, what a coincidence. I have also an announcement. All right. I, my, I, I will go first. My announcement is I have hemorrhoids. <laughs> That's m- oh, no. my announcement too. My anus oh. is bleeding. <laughs> That's actually what I was going to say as well. Oh my and God. now I feel like it's really underwhelming. See, this is where we part ways in terms of coincidence. I was just going to say, I just did my nails and they look, they look nice. Well, you know what, Lauren? That makes oh, a lot of do. sense because statistically, 75% of people have hemorrhoids and that makes statistical sense with the four of us. Perfect. Yep. Hey, I also so we're all a, statistics. I, I also have another announcement. Um, Sick Boy Podcast is now officially a CBC podcast. Oh my god, that was oh, no. my second Whee! announcement. That's uh, crazy uh, to say that, but this is, I, <laughs> is this how we <laughs> is this how we announce to the world? We tell we tell them after that I let everyone know that I have hemorrhoids. I actually don't have hemorrhoids to all the to all the uh, potential suitors out there. I don't have hemorrhoids. Don't worry, I might have hemorrhoids. I I don't think I've ever I don't think I've actually ever had a hemorrhoid. Really? I, I maybe we guys. should know. Maybe I, we should redo this, you guys. No, no, no. This is good because this is, uh, this is good. I like this. <laughs> um, so, so <laughs> this is it's true. We actually have uh, we, we it was uh, it was announced yesterday, but uh, officially we can now talk about it. Uh, we have joined the family, the fam, the fam that's lit for for life, lit Dude, for life, AF. fam. Uh, the CBC podcast family, um, and this is uh, it's really funny because it's like. I don't know. I, the, CBC has a, a. I have a very interesting relationship with CBC. I've like the, I've, I just continuously am somehow drawn back into their orbit every <laughs> few years, and so uh, they're they're also the lovely network that that um, that published our our uh, our doc documentary on uh, POV docs, um, and and now you know full circle a couple mm-hmm. of years later we are now one of their new shows. 
on their upcoming roster. Um, so technically, it doesn't start till September, but we put out episodes every fucking week anyway, uh, and we're not going to be stopping. But I do want right. to say this about the announcement, because we, we, let, our, <laughs> we let our patrons know like uh, today, or well, while we're recording this. Which was yesterday, if you're listening to this Friday. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We told our patrons that we were joining CBC, and like every one of them were like, but what does that mean about swearing? <laughs> like, I, I, like, they were like, but we love your swearing so much. Well, I will say this. If you didn't catch that we started this podcast off by me talking about my hemorrhoids and then went into the CBC announcement... Uh, you'll be you'll be glad to know that uh, the the content's not going to change. You know, the podcasting is a weird and wacky world, and we're going to continue to be weird and wacky. And uh, I will probably say fuck just as much, if not more, uh, just because I'm on the CBC. So yeah. uh, <laughs> in, in, they actually in my contract they asked me specifically to to tone it down. So I'll be toning down um, the way that I use profanity. However, you guys will just be like equally as much as well, they you asked, are. They but asked I think you're going to overcome. To not, yeah, to not it was a private conversation. The line. Yes, they did. Yeah, ask. I don't cross the line at all, actually. So there's no. never a problem with that. Well, it's funny because right um, before we started anyway, recording, Brian, you said. No, we didn't you, say anything. Uh, you, you did. You said something. And I'm not going to say what it was. I didn't say that. I'm not gonna, look, I, look, Brian, don't worry. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say what it was. But mm-mm. you said something and I went. That is, I would never say that. One of the things that I'm excited about is that the CBC is embracing us for who we are. And, um, you know, they believed in the importance of what we're doing just as much as we do. So we're extremely happy to be um, part of the CBC family. Yeah, Yeah, we are. We are pretty goddamn excited. Uh, They've been so nice to us over the years. We've done, you know, we've, we've, we've used, we've, been on uh, CBC in Vancouver and Halifax and Toronto with radio shows and their and their you know their news and everything and like they've just and the, and the doc I mean it's just been a really uh, yeah it's been a really swell relationship with CBC yeah. from the beginning of the podcast yeah and they, and they they you know if you ask me I I do I've I've always had a uh, CBC's always had a special place in my heart but the one thing that I always thought was you know. You know what CBC doesn't have nearly enough of um, is content that just openly and always somehow finds a way to talk about shit. Speaking of uh, shit, I've got some shit to talk about. Uh, this, this was, on me. I was I was going to transition into an article about uh, about John Mc, Mc, McAfee, but the. <laughs> the the virus uh, the guy that made the virus uh, yeah, thing. the, the uh, antivirus software yeah and then and then I just and then I remembered you know what this article is problematic and not worth going into but but I will, it's really funny though it's not, you know what it was a hoax so it doesn't matter <laughs> he, it was a hoax that he shits on people. Uh, <laughs> Allegedly. 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 And also <laughs> and also also I wasn't going there. Oh anyway, we're gonna move right wait, along. Wait, 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 wait. Actually, I thought no, you were we gotta like, get, we gotta get into it now. Okay, okay, hold on. Hold I, on, hold I on, thought hold you were, on. I thought you were gonna say he shits on people like Ellen DeGeneres shits on people. No, like, yes, no, like, he, no, like, like he, literally, like Ellen like literally it. shits on people. Oh my god, like guys, he, alleged whoa. no, none of this is true. <laughs> he allegedly he allegedly dumps on dumps on 
people's chests from hammocks. Okay, got it. Yeah, okay. From hammocks? <laughs> or, yeah, or maybe, or no, wait, no, it's that he, it's How that he has other people. How do you shit on be- someone from a hammock? No, sorry, do you cut sorry. a hole in it? It's that he has no, other people no, hammocks, on him. Hammocks are, you can find hammocks that are mesh. Oh, Any, true. Anyway, anyway. This is all, this is all hearsay. <laughs> no, the article that I was going to read is, has nothing to do with that. Really? He, yeah, he was wearing, he was, it, it's, it's, it's like anti-mask bullshit that I actually don't really want to like give any more energy to because um, I think it's actually becoming pretty, pretty horrible and dangerous. Uh, but I, you know, since we are here, I will just say John McAfee was, uh, was, apparently arrested for wearing uh, a thong over his face instead of a, ma- a mask um, when he was at an airport. I think that, he was wanted for much worse things than that. He, well, he, who knows? He I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know America? enough. We don't even have to go into that. Into that. But uh, that was all a hoax. He was wearing a thong um, on his face, but he wasn't arrested for that. But he was, I think he did run into like some legal issues because they were like, look, sir, you need to wear a, a medical grade mask or something and he was like oh this long doesn't work anyway whatever that shit's stupid but you want to know what's well even- dude if he's if he if he's spreading bullshit though like that then we can spread bullshit about him right it's like uh, no no right no. that that makes sense right <laughs> And you see people no. that forget their masks and they kind of like pull their shirt up above their face or like at the gym once I forgot mine. So I covered my face with a, a whole towel. So I was probably the <laughs> best mask there. So I just wonder if like he was like, oh, shit, forgot my mask, turned to the nearest woman next to him or person. And then she no, just that was kinda, his. It was his. Yeah, he, wear, he, he wears okay. those. Well, that was in his bag. He just took it out of nope. his spare Then he bag. just yeah. whipped it off. Put it on his face because Not public health. And again, and again, <laughs> should, none should... of this is true. So, so, uh, <laughs> but, but what is true, what is true, and what is um, uh, equally is a bit fucked up, is that, uh, did you guys hear about this news about Russia rushing <laughs> into uh, unveiling a vaccine before finishing fucking testing? So, it's... it's yeah, I, I saw Karen on Facebook wrote... Oh my goodness, Russia! Russia has a vaccine, and I was like, "Man, you don't really pay too much yeah, attention to politics." Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really sad. It's, I mean, this has kind of turned into, they've, you know, Russia's kind of turned the the vaccine, uh, the whole vaccine thing into into the next space race. Um, Russian President Vladimir Putin claimed Tuesday that Russia's, Russian scientists achieved a breakthrough in the global vaccine race announcing that the country has become the first to approve an ex- experimental COVID-19 vaccine that his own daughter has already taken a dose. Now, I wonder how true that is. I don't know. Officials have pledged to vaccinate millions of people, including teachers and frontline care workers this month, before even finishing clinical trials with the formula developed by the Gam- Gamaleya Institute in Moscow. Um, here's the thing is... <clears throat> Is that I and I don't know I don't know a fucking thing about nothing. You don't know shit about fuck. I don't know fuck about <laughs> cock. Um, oh my god! <laughs> oh no! I was gonna make a Guys, joke I'm that the vaccine was made out of Putin's jizz, but then you said that his daughter <laughs> took it. And I felt really gross. Guys, I'm embarrassed about this entire oh, episode. Brian, you're such a little fucking. <laughs> we we announced that we were gonna be part of the CBC. <laughs> 
And then we and then we just go on to record hey, the most hey, vulgar offside conversation we've recorded. We're just, in weeks. we're just we're just keeping face, you know. Is that yeah. is that the is that the phrase the term the terminology keeping face? I think it's saving face. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But like I said, I don't know shit about fuck. But uh, I'm like okay. So clearly, it, it seems a little a little like a little weird for them to come out and be like, we got a fucking vaccine and we got it before everyone else. And we're the best. We're number one. But also how does it work? You know, like how I'm assuming when we do, when there is a vaccine that is created, like to speed it up fast enough, it's, it's bad. It's, it's going to have to, it's going to have to bypass certain trials, right? Like, like to, to, cause you know, it's like we were talking about how, when we talked to that vaccinologist, she was, we were saying how like the fastest vaccine ever created was like five years. And that was that was fucking fast because typically they're like 10. So it's like like to to get a vaccine out quick enough, it's going to have to skip from, some steps. Right. From what I understand, from what I understand uh, about re- reading, reading some some things on on Russia's um, potential vaccine was mm. that. Even within, <clears throat> even within the context um, uh, or the circumstance of rushing a vaccine, they're, they're, they've bypassed or skipped over or maybe not ru- run through the proper um, uh, tests or trials or what, what I, I don't know the, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but like even the things that are expected within this like rushed circumstance aren't aren't being met and they're not sharing. And, and I think that there's a, I mean, which is kind of, which seems pretty typical and, and typical from the perspective of somebody from North America uh, of the Russian government, that there's like, that there's a lack of sharing and uh, openness between uh, Russia and yeah, whether, la- yeah. the Western world. Lack or, of transparency. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. One thing I kind of think is, think of as an analogy is like, I think of like the, 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 development of a vaccine like uh like a hockey game so there's like three periods that you have to play to get to the end of the game and determine the final score and between those periods there's a certain amount of time where the zamboni goes and cleans the ice and stuff and if you wanted to speed up the length of the game you could like shorten up the time the intermission between periods and that would help make the game go faster but you still ultimately have to play those periods and I feel like the Russians just axed the third period. They were just like, "Fuck it, we're not going to pay that. Play that. We know the score of the game already. We're just going to go ahead and execute it." Yeah, but I mean, the, the problem with that analogy is that Russia loves hockey, and they would never do something yeah, right. so so <clears throat> sacrilegious Russia to the beautiful really, sport Russia, of hockey. Russia really, um, I, I I I will say my my perspective on like specifically Russia U.S. relations has has skewed over the past couple of weeks. Um, uh, our manager Jeff put Jer and I onto this podcast, Wind of Change, which oh is just oh like, God. which just is just, just a, interesting, I mean, a really interesting yeah, podcast. Yeah, Tay, I mean, just before you go on, just if you haven't listened to it yet, I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't give a fuck what your taste is. It doesn't matter. This podcast is for everyone. It's, it is an, an immaculate piece of art. Go download the, it and, and listen and, to it. It's fucking amazing. And I mean the 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 Coles the Coles notes of it are basically that a that a that a song uh, by the German band Scorpions was um, 
there's a, 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 the the journalist is, is pulling at the thread of a story that he heard a decade before, which is that the the song "Wind of Change," written by the Scorpions, which was like a huge cultural movement um, in the USSR and and Europe mm. uh, around the time that the Berlin Wall fell, that the CIA actually wrote that song and and was it was cultural propaganda by the U.S. to influence the the culture in the USSR and and had a hand in in taking down the Berlin Wall. So this is a huge mm. thing. But anyway. I, but the podcast like largely explores like U.S. Soviet Union relations and how those mm-hmm. have evolved over time and and this and there was a there was a moment in, in where they were talking to uh, this Russian woman um, for an interview and she was saying that while she was growing up that that people growing up in the USSR always thought once the Soviet Union fell that they would become more like the U.S. And that the reality was that the U.S. ended up becoming more like the USSR Ooh. after the Berlin Wall fell. And I was like, holy fuck, that's a that's kind of like a crazy. That's kind of like a crazy kind of mind blowing, like a mind blowing um, perspective to have. And it really it it really kind of like it really kind of rocked uh, um, rocked my world. And and and. I don't know, just just in this just in this era where when we see news that's like Russia did this. I mean, it just made me think like, you know, it's it's hard to tell like where where how our perspective on another country is shaped. And ooh, uh ooh. and and whether and whether or not I mean, I know we don't have the full story, but are we yeah. on the right track as a as a as a people? I don't know. Lauren, go ahead. You, you, yeah, like further useful to well, similar. Like it's it's that it's mind blowing to hear you say that uh, that Russian woman said that she felt that uh, the U.S. was becoming more like the USSR because I kind of have been feeling like the USSR truly won the Cold War lately, especially in the way that uh, American elections have been influenced by Russia. Mm, yeah. But um, one similarity between Russia and the U.S. is like. Trump is trying to do the exact same thing. He's trying to rush a vaccine and and give it to people, which is going to create vaccine hesitancy for a whole new reason, which is wildly (laughs) unproductive. So I just thought that was really interesting. That's the interesting thing is that like rushing a vaccine doesn't make people more likely to take it. They were talking about, there's a a daily episode about it a few weeks ago, and they were talking about the... um, the percentage of people who are likely to get the vaccine when it becomes available and how that will be impacted by the timeline of when the vaccine is actually released. So the faster that the vaccine is actually created, the less likely people are to take it. And it yeah. goes from something from like 60 to 70% of people being on board with taking the right. vaccine if it takes the full duration at which we would normally expect a vaccine to be created. I'm a, so I'm a, yeah. what they were saying in the beginning was like 18 months. Yeah. And if they cut these certain corners, then they can speed up that time frame. And maybe it could be ready by early 20. I'm an early adopter, so, so I would be getting it. Yeah. I'll, I'll get it today. I mean, I, I was actually thinking about booking a flight to Moscow. Would you take the Would you take the Russian vaccine? Yeah. Actually, though, no, no, no bullshit. Would you Would you take the Russian vaccine? You only live once, man. Yolo. You know, I, I, there are so many parallels. That's an there answer. are so many parallels. Uh, yeah, with, yeah, that's an answer. You only live once. I mean, <coughs> it means, yo, it, yo, yo, yo. So wait, does that mean yes Yolo or no? Yolo means yes. Yolo you, means... 
Yellow. I, if it's a needle, stick it in me, man. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll try. I'll try it's anything though, once. Uh, it, <laughs> it is hard because I, so one of one of the things that I found difficult about the Russian uh, announcement of having this vaccine ready was that you know my biases towards Russia as a nation immediately made me go, well, they cut a huge corner and no, absolutely. I would not, I would absolutely not do that. But then I'm trying to understand like, you know, what, like be more, um, objective about this. Like, is there, can, can you look into this in a more rational or scientific basis and better understand where, how they got to this place? And obviously it's impossible to like, find out that information because it's probably being presented by the Russian government in some way that is manipulating the um, data to make nah. it look like it's I mean we might be looking back at this we valid, might be looking back at this going going this is this is our generations or I mean fuck it's almost been a like 80 going on 80 uh, I guess 40 20 so 60 years this could be the space race of our generation you know like well, that's the, a, that's how Russia's treating it right now. Exactly, exactly, and and that and that this is and they this want is it. their chance to like reclaim, maybe not reclaim because after after World War II, obviously the Cold War was the was the battle for the world's yeah. largest superpower, and maybe and and, and I, they probably see it and they probably saying probably in that sentence is ridiculous, but possibly they see it as a way to take a major step forward in terms of their standing on the global stage. Yeah, man, this, stage. Is, this is their Yuri Gagarin. This is them, this is like, they Yuri Gagarin the vaccine. They just, you know, they, they just took a, they took a human and fucking just, just launched him into space. And he, he lived. He, he lived. So, but, you know, and we'll see, we'll see how many of those millions of people live when they get that vaccine. But speaking of all that, this is really interesting stuff. And I... So there's another thing that I want to touch on before we throw to our conversation today. But I also want to say this, because I haven't yet. We are about to throw to probably the best conversation we've ever had on Sick Boy Podcast. I don't know if you folks remember, but a couple of weeks back, I introduced the gang here to what a fatberg is. Well, let me tell you. We track down the fucking guy who knows everything about Fatbergs, and we are going to go so full, full on into Fatbergs today, folks. I cannot wait for you to hear it. I love this conversation. I just want to tame. I just want to just, just reel it back. No, just a, just a touch. Way. I just it's, don't, it's the best, dude. I just don't want people to go into this like people go into a movie that Guys, is this, showing commercials. That's like Oscar winner for sure. Like. You know what I mean? Then you go to that movie and you go, eh. Manage expectations. This, yeah, manage expectations, for sure. This episode is as bonkers as the idea of SpaceX sending astronauts to the ISS. But we will get there. Before we do, I know we were just talking about, um, about Russia and the vaccine, and that's like big world news. Like, that's big world news and, and a little bit spooky. And a little bit scary, but it's true. Um, there's another, and you know, I know this is Feel Good Friday, and I know that the idea of Feel Good Friday is to leave you feeling good. But trust me, you will feel good when we get to the Fatberg conversation because it's the best. Uh, but there's another piece of news here that is, uh, again, it's big, it's heavy, 
you might want to sit down if you're not already. Um, this is coming from the New York Times from Christy Ashwanden. <sighs> okay. Scientists have finally calculated how many hot dogs a person can eat at once. The world's best hot dog eaters could out-eat a grizzly bear or a coyote, but would fall far behind a wolf or a Burmese python, a new study finds. Isn't... Dude, are we about to talk about glizzy gladiators? Uh, I'm Well, um, we're about to find out. I don't know what that is, but here we go. Over the... F- Oh, dude, it's so. This in is right a now. little bit, a little bit, a little bit of a while back there. But over the Fourth of July weekend, with streams of sweat pouring down his face, Joey Chestnut—that's right, folks. His name is Joey Chestnut—broke his own world record for hot dog eating by downing. How many people want to get? Let's put out guesses here. So this is hot dogs with buns in ten minutes. How many do you think? With buns. With buns. Ten minutes. Jesus. Oh my god. Uh, ten minutes. 76. Oh my god, I'm going to say 122. Okay. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to say 50. Okay. Like 5 per minute. Brian, you are it, that was very impressive, Brian. 75 hot dogs with buns in 10 minutes at the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. It was his 13th win at the annual contest and Miki Sudo set a woman's record of 48.5 hot dogs to grab her seventh straight Nathan's win. This is... Yeah, I told you I knew about the glizzy guzzlers. I, yeah, well, we're not... We're, I mean, I haven't read that yet. Uh, because of the coronavirus crisis, the event was held virtually this year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the saddest part of that this whole endeavor. Yeah, <laughs> that is so sad. And Dr. I feel like they could have rigged ra- it, And Dr. It, James Smoliga was glued to his screen, rooting for new records. For the past few months, Dr. Smoliga, a veterinarian... And exercise, <laughs> a veterinarian and exercise scientist has been working what? has been working on a math. This is a real article. Has been working <laughs> on a mathematical analysis of the maximum number of hot dogs that a human could theoretically consume in ten minutes. The quote: "The answer is eighty-three. What a unquote, waste of Doctor Smoliga, a professor at High Point University in North Carolina. So he so he mathematically he's thinking the most a human could eat is eighty-three in ten minutes. He has now published the full analysis, which calculated this number based on 39 years of historical data from the Nathan's contest, as well as on mathematical models of human performance that consider the potential for extreme athletic feats. Let me just let me just say that are again. They, are they categorizing that as an athletic feat? Oh, did you not know that? Did yes, you not know that this is, is. this is going to be in the, the 2021 Olympics? <coughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> quote, it's a great it's a great paper, quote, said doctor another doctor another doctor is going, yo, this is a great paper that, that this other doctor read. Said Dr. <laughs> Michael Joyner, a physician paper. at the Mayo Clinic who studies human performance, adding that the analysis shows the classic <laughs> fast rise in performance, followed by more gra- gradual improvements that happen when an event becomes professionalized. Professionalized. I just said the word professionalized while talking about eating up to 83 hot dogs. The best part, he said, is that Dr. Smoliga wrote it with a straight face. (laughs) This is an Onion article. This is not, man. This is the New York Times. Also, the New York Times put out an article a couple weeks ago about aliens being real. So, uh, legit, folks. Legit. (laughs) Fucking legit. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Smoliga's calculations show that when adjusted for body mass, 
the world's most competitive hot dog eaters could out-eat out a grizzly bear or a coyote. That's pretty fucking wild. I don't even understand that. I don't understand that either. So, but adjusted, like how, so adjusted if, for body mass, though. Yeah, so, yeah, oh, so adjusted for body mass. So if you, yeah. if you took a grizzly bear and you were like, grizzly bear, I, I have 83 hot dogs, that grizzly bear is going to go, are you nucking futs? But if the grizzly bear was the same weight or mass as the human, the human could out-eat the grizzly bear right. scientifically. Yeah. Statistically. Yeah. Literally. Statistically. Spiritually. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, wholeheartedly. Empirically. Bears. <laughs> Authoritarian. Bears can eat the equivalent of about eight wow. hot dogs per minute compared with Mr. Chestnut's ability to eat 7.5 per minute. But the bears don't continue at this pace for more than six minutes. <laughs> Doctor Smaliga said that, so so we know it's true. And what? It's Mr. Like, yeah, but bears do that. Re- like, are they saying this is what bears do regular regularly when they eat? Because oh, does this guy, oh, like, humans don't eat at this pace ever, dude. Have you seen bears eat hot dogs? <laughs> do you know what the Do you know what the craziest thing about this entire article is? Uh, what's that? Is that literally thirty minutes ago? I text my cousin Che, and I was like, che? "Hey, dude, what's a glizzy?" You said, che. "What's a glizzy?" I said, "What's a glizzy?" Because I've been seeing it on Twitter all the time, <laughs> and whenever I see words that I don't understand that seem like they're from like Gen Z culture, I uh, text Che and ask him what the word is and how I can use it in a yeah. sentence. And he just wrote me back and said, "A glizzy is a hot dog or a gun." And I said, "But how do I use it in a cool, hip way? And why are people saying it so much?" And he said, "Because it's funny." Um, <laughs> I can't believe you're this out of touch. I'm disappointed. And I said, dude, come on. I'm going to talk about this on the podcast. And he said, that's funny. Let me know when it comes out. And then all of a sudden you started talking about this hot dog eating contest, which all of a sudden became the prime opportunity for me to talk about glizzies. I just want to point out the irony. How important they are to Gen Z culture right now. I just want to point out the irony of of how, uh, how, what, Jeremy thinks is the best conversation we've ever had on the podcast is going to be preceded by possibly the worst conversation we've ever had. I don't had disagree that this the is the worst conversation <laughs> leading up to the best conversation. I don't disagree. There's a with high that. con there's a we high We can cut contrast. this all out if you guys want. Mm-hmm. Well But isn't that crazy that you brought up a hot dog eating contest right before I asked what it could be? Maybe this was right actually Jeremy's method to make to make everybody everybody see the Fatberg conversation as hands down the best. No, if it's if it's if it's lower standards. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's you, everybody's expectations you, came you, so far down after the hot dog conversation. Are you are, are you actually <laughs> are you actually fucking seriously telling me that the other day when we sat down with Doctor John Love, you did not leave that conversation feeling like pregnant with with joy. Talking about talking about thirty meter fatbergs and this man. I, d- I mean, fucking, it was, yeah, it was great. It was, it was amazing. Great. And, jo- was, and John oh and John God. is a is a very lovable character. I mean, he's very yeah. very endearing. I'm just saying, I I really enjoyed the fatberg conversation, but I also enjoyed the conversation when we talked to our best friend who died from cancer, Brandon. When we talked to him yeah, a number but- of times, like that would be a more enjoyable moment that sits fondly in my memory than the fat Fine, but Brandon's never been in the fucking sewer cut, cutting up a fatberg. <laughs> I mean, that's true. true. Yeah. He would definitely agree with that. So that's, yeah. 
folks, we are now a CBC podcast, and uh, we couldn't be more excited. And uh, and we love you all so much, and we support uh, the we support you for supporting us. So uh, wherever you are, you are uh, whoever you are, and wherever you are out there, we think you're awesome. Um, unless you're not, you know, because uh, there are pe- there are people out there that aren't awesome. And there's there's a good chance that you you also just happen to like listening to us. So if you're not a group, good person and you listen to us, uh, do just just do, yeah, do one thing today that makes you a better person. Um, and so uh, with having said that, we're going to get into probably one of the most important conversations we ever had on this podcast, where we talk to people about the hardest uh, moments they've ever gone through in their entire lives because they live with really severe illnesses. We are going to talk to Doctor John Love from over 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 in London. Over in, over in the UK. And uh, he's going to tell us about Fatbergs. And if you don't know what a Fatberg is and you didn't listen to the episode a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, just Google it. Google Fatberg and then imagine what it smells like. And then listen to this episode because it's going to be... Oh, uh, God, Brian. Jesus. It's going to yeah, be a good go, time. Uh, go on our Instagram and uh, swipe left to ruin your day. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Oh, for sure. Uh, all right. We hope you enjoy yeah. this episode. I hope... I, I'm, I actually fully no silliness. I fucking hope you enjoyed this episode, this conversation as much as I did because I was a little giddy child. Here's Dr. John Love. Let me set the stage. Jeremy is so... Guys, so I, can't, I can't fucking express how excited I am. So, <clears throat> all right. A little while back, maybe a week, two, who knows, three weeks ago. You told me about, I, I want to even roll that back a little further because you sent me a photo of this nastiness at another point in time. Like, I want to say <laughs> over a year ago. Quite I think, a while. I think yeah. maybe you were just like, dude. Look at I, this. I, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, stay, I'll, I'll start with this. I have a fascination for the gross. I have a fascination for things that probably smell atrocious. And, uh, and, and this, we're going, we're going right down that lane head first, uh, 100 miles per hour. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was talking, we were talking on this, this, uh, this respectable program called Sick Boy Podcast <laughs> about, about my love for bidets. And I've been on the bidet. Tra- I've been on the bidet train now for, I would say, well over a year, and it's completely changed my life. I'm hopping on the and train too. Choo choo. Yes. Yeah. You, Taylor, you're getting on board. We're still and not so, sponsored by Tushy, which is crazy. We're still not sponsored by a bidet, but that will happen one day. And so I'm trying to like really push forward this message of <clears throat> the positivity of bidets, and to help back my back up my um, my stance on bidets. I found this wonderful little article about why people should not be wiping their ass with wet wipes. And it also, ten- it, it, within this article, it went into um, the fact that, you know, wet wipes are, not only are they bad for your, for your biology, for your asshole, but they're, they're not great for the, for the environment. They're not great for the earth. <clears throat> and, and I was talking about how, you know, there's, there's a subsect of, of just maniacs out there who think it's okay to flush wet wipes down the toilet. And I said to the guys casually, I was like, you know, and, and that's the kind of shit that produces a fat berg. And 
<laughs> Brian, I believe, was like, what's a fatberg? And I yes. was like, wait, you don't know what a fatberg is? And Lauren was also on the, on, the, on the recording, and she was like, I don't know what that is. And I got so elated because I got to introduce two of my best friends to the world of fatbergs. It's still something, throw, so, it's something I wish I still knew nothing about. <laughs> and, and so, and so, in, in this like little moment, I, I, you know, in the middle of the recording, I quickly hit Google, and I come across this, uh, this article. Um, and within the article, there's a quote from a, a, a man named John Love. And I do my best... Um, uh, my best UK accent. Can we hear and that? We'll, actually, you know what? We'll insert that right here. It was my first time <laughs> analyzing a fatberg. <laughs> and when you smell it, you think this is going to be the last time because the smell was honking, Professor Love said. It was awful to do. It smelled gross. So that was my impression of John Love. And... Um, Oddly enough, Lauren, the wizard behind Sick Boy Podcast, who's really just keeping this train rolling, um, found Dr. John Love, and we are sitting with him right now, and we're going to get into what fatbergs are all about, and I could not be more fucking excited. So, John Love, let's let's well, let's hear let's hear from you. Um, uh, why don't you tell us? who you are, what you do, and, and while you're speaking, everyone at home can, um, can just judge how good my impression of you was before we even met. <laughs> well, my, my name is John Love. Um, Dr. Love usually has a symbols bashing at the end of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, I, I'm a professor at Exeter University in the southwest of England, and I'm a professor of synthetic biology which is basically molecular biology on steroids. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And we try to, uh, mostly we're working in renewable energies, developing new biofuels and new ways to make biofuels at sufficiently high levels to be useful. So that's what we're trying to do. But at the same time, we dabble obviously in microbiology. We're interested in bacteria and in bugs. And um, from one thing to another, we're also interested in water resources and how we treat our aquatic environments. Uh, that became out because I did my PhD in algae and I like water and I like algae. So I, I want to make sure that we're okay with that. So anyway, um, I, was, I was working you know, one day in the lab and I got a call uh, from one of our colleagues over in our uh, knowledge transfer department. And she said to me, uh, so we've got this thing from Southwest Water, which is our local water company. They've got a fatberg in their sewer and they want to know if it's dangerous or not. And I said, well, well, that would be cool. Um, she said, we've got to put a call out there for people who, who want to maybe study the fatberg and, and see what, it, what it's made of and things. And I was thinking, yeah, that, that sounds really awesome. Um, I'd like to volunteer if that's okay. And he said, yeah, that's really okay. Cause like you're the only volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it happened. <laughs> You're like, what? So, I'm the only one. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so for for the, for our listeners, and and maybe there's someone who's just coming on board right now, and they've never heard our show before. Um, first of all, I just want to say 
I'm so sorry. And secondly, <laughs> I want to say, um, you know, if, if you haven't listened to that episode of Fatbergs, I gave my best. My, I, I'm an idiot. I don't know a fucking thing about anything. And I tried to dis- describe a Fatberg to my, the best of my abilities. And Brian literally <laughs> almost vomited. Um, at my <laughs> description of this fabric, so so it, I did, you know, and, first... and I consider myself to have like a pretty like strong stomach. There's not too yeah. much that makes me that crazy. And actually, in <laughs> yeah. hindsight, like thinking back about that conversation, yeah. I've been wondering what it is that it caused me to have such a visceral reaction to it. Right, and I don't know what it was exactly, but it has something to do with the idea of the smell mm. of what a right. fabric <laughs> smells like. So so John, why don't why don't you why don't like I, you know I want to hear from the professional. Mm. Um, uh, of from your like from your words what what is what the hell is a friggin fatberg well a fatberg is is basically it's an artifact of pollution so it's what you get them in sewers they they are basically concretions or accretions of fat used wet wipes uh various fibrous materials and so they they develop over time and they they grow and they grow and the thing is that that they grow really quickly, um, or at least they can do. And the sewer, the, the environment in the sewer, it's not oxygen rich. In fact, it's pretty oxygen poor and completely anaerobic, actually. So it, it, they, they don't degrade, they don't oxidize, and, and they, they don't biodegrade very quickly. And they just essentially just block the sewer, and then you get sewer back up, and, and, uh, and it's gross. And it's, so that, yeah, oh, it, it, did, it, I, I picture it like the sewers version of a human who has a bowel obstruction. It's pretty much it, yeah. It, it, and it's a big blockage. I mean, we yum. were talking, the one that we were looking at was 30 meters long. Whoa. And about two meters high. So, <laughs> yeah. Sick Boy Podcast, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. When So when, when they called and they asked you if you wanted to come in and study this, did mm. you... What was your knowledge about uh, Fatbergs like before that? It, well, it, to be honest, it was just pretty minimal. Um, I, I was excited because it was a new thing. So it's like a new ecology. And we were thinking, well, you know, there could be really some cool, interesting bugs in here. We work a lot on fat for our work in biofuels. So I thought, well, you know, we might find something really neat, some bugs that have evolved in this environment that we, mm. we've never studied before. So we were quite mm. interested in that. And, um, and then, then it came to it. It came to getting the samples, and that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually sent my um, colleagues to get them. Have you been have you been in the sewer I've, yourself to see? No, them? we we weren't allowed in. So the sewer yeah. is only about a meter to a meter fifty high. So it's like being crouched in your desk with uh and the way that they, they degrade the, the fatberg, the way they get rid of the blockage is that they use these power hoses like uh you know, like a, a jet wash hose, but more powerful than that. That also just has, it's got water in it, but also has some detergents in it. And they hack away at it as well, like miners with a pickaxe, and they just like use it to, to degrade it. And I saw the guys going down there. So they, they, they first go in wearing, so if you just imagine they have their normal clothes on, then they put on um, a wet suit, uh, so a dry suit over the top of that. 
And then they put on some more protection, body protection, like body armor. And then on top of that, they put like a spelunking suit on. So, and and then they've got their, yeah, they've got a full helmet um, for um, their face visor with a tube that leads to an oxygen tank. So they look like, I mean, it is mental. They can hardly move. And they get winched into the hole, so they don't oh, climb down the ladder. They because they're just floating there, and they get winched in carefully. And then it's like they start going to doing space. Work. Yeah, it yeah, is a yeah. bit like being the yeah. opposite of a spaceman because you're going into a tiny little <laughs> yeah. black confined space. Oh, so, <laughs> so it, you know, yeah. all, all of that, all of that PPE, that that, mm. that personal protection equipment, like, is that? I, I mean, I, I assume, like. Okay, I'm I'm trying to I am trying my goddamn hardest to picture a thirty meter long Fatberg. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like if you're chipping away at that thing, is that like? Are we talking just about this like giant, like hard, smelly thing? Like how dangerous is this? Like if you took a big lick of a Fatberg, yeah. What That's... like what? You know, like, could that fuck your day up, like, or, or your year up? Yeah, you know, probably or... it could do. <laughs> yeah, we, right. we found actually when we did the the analysis. So we did we we took some some samples of the fatberg, and uh, we looked for the DNA within the fatberg, um, right. the DNA of all the microbes that are there, and we sequenced all of that stuff. And we analyzed it, and we found that actually what's in the fatberg is essentially what's in the sewer, and what's in the sewer is exactly what comes out your bum. So uh, yeah, right. These so it's are just a, yeah, it's just a bunch of like shit, and 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 I mean, it's just yeah, it's like it's just excrement yeah. mixed with fat. With yeah, in the article <laughs> right in the article that I read, there was like mm-hmm. there was you know. At, uh, uh, during the Fatberg autopsy, there was like false teeth, and yeah, yeah, and we had that. Like, that was cool. Uh, yeah, in fact, so... my Paul, Paul, one of my 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 colleagues, he he actually was at that point he nearly lost his lunch because uh, yeah. they took up the buckets and they poured it into the sampling buckets, <laughs> and then he saw these false teeth just flow into this bucket, oh. and he just could not. I mean, it's, it's it's gotta We've be. We've kept it's... it. It's one of our uh, sort of. <sighs> lab artifacts now yeah. and, and you made it uh, into a it, necklace didn't you, you well it, at christmas it's uh it's like the trophy prize for the people who win the pub quiz <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be such a it's got to be such a an eye opener to just like the way to just the way that people that people look at the Toilets. function or the use of yeah. their toilet yeah. as just yeah. this magic Disip- it's a magic garbage. Just, yeah, just, you just put garbage. it in the yeah. garbage. It's this little hole. It's like fairly easy to keep clean with a brush. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you put something in there and it can be whatever you want and it goes down and you never have to deal with it again. Yeah. And like other than other than the I mean a sewer backup, I don't know I don't know exactly what happens with the sewer backup, but it's it's it you know just the just the term is mm. obviously bad. But yes. other than a sewer backup, which if you can kind of it kind of also, maybe explain a little bit of like what happens mm-hmm. when the sewer backs up. What is, what is the fatberg doing? Are there any other ways in which the fatberg is 
like detrimental to, I mean, obviously the health of the sewer, the yeah. that all functions. And then like, I guess like the, the public health. Yeah. Thereafter. Well, mm. where, where, I, where the, I see our fatberg, I, I didn't own it. Right. But <laughs> where, where the fatberg that we were investigating was, was actually only about 15 to 20 meters from the seafront in Sidmouth, which is a little village in Devon, a very nice tourist place in Devon. Mm-hmm. And so you, you know, these things going into the, the sea, the ocean, that's not really what you're looking for, right? Mm. The, the interesting thing as well is that when we did the autopsy, so we, we got four or five different samples from different sites. As the, the operatives were cleaning out the fatberg, I think it took them 3,000 um, trips in... Uh, in, in oh. tankers to to actually take the stuff from the sewer to the reprocessing plant. So they they made actually biogas out of it. So they, they actually made a, a biofuel from the fatberg um, as they took it out. But the, the thing is, that was Southwest Water that did that. That was what they do, right? But the, as they were cleaning it, they, they gave us samples. And as they were going back and further into the fatberg, so away from the the beach and further up the blockage part, if you like, it got more right. and more organic. So it went from being nice fat colored to sort of whitish crystalline and a bit yellowish to being very, very brown uh, oh, at the yeah. end. And that was mm. the, the gross bit. Oh, but the, bit. yeah, what, what surprised us is that, that we got I think 15 kilo samples and we found loads of stuff in there. I mean, we got, there were wet wipes, and we didn't realize that initially, I mean, I didn't even know that you see these wet wipes that are marketed as flushable wet wipes, right. which basically means that, yes, they are flushable. They won't block your toilet, but they won't biodegrade. Right. <laughs> so they're, they're non-biodegradable waste, if you like. And, and essentially, they're plastic and paper all mixed up together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Taylor, yeah. T- Taylor and Jerry, you guys mentioned that uh, toilets are kind of like these. We, we see them as these magic devices. I'll tell you who doesn't see them that way. People who have septic systems, mm. <laughs> like in yeah. municipal yeah. Uh, with municipal services. I worked in real estate for a little bit, and and oftentimes did inspections of municipal services and septic systems. People who have septic systems, when it costs you forty to fifty thousand Canadian dollars to yeah. build a new septic system, you're you're more conscientious about what you put in your toilet. Mm-hmm. But people on municipal Absolutely. services, they're like, as soon as it's off my property, it's not my problem. Yeah, and. The thing is, is that that's not actually true because the lateral line that runs from your house to the street, if that gets fucked up and they have to dig down and replace that line under your property, that's your responsibility. And that can be a $10,000 fix pretty easily. So like people should be very conscientious about what they put in their toilets. However, I will, I want to tell a quick story and I don't want to advocate for flushing condoms down the toilet but i'll tell you what happens sometimes if you're not careful about what you do with those condoms if you're not flushing them oh, God. Um, I've i uh, heard this <laughs> uh this is kind of a disgusting story to share but i'll try to make it quick i was uh, Hit me. uh staying at my my in-laws place and and uh was having sex with my girlfriend and took the condom and put it in the garbage. Out of and, wedlock, Brian? And <laughs> <laughs> my word. And uh, and that night I, w- I got up to go to the bathroom and I saw the f- their golden retriever had carried the condom out of the garbage into its bed in the living room. I was like, fuck, better take that. <laughs> Went and grabbed that and I was like, thank God I found that. 
So anyway, a few days later, I went to visit one of my friends, and I hadn't been smoking weed very often, but I got to his place, and he offered me COVID-19. Each person had to have their own personal joint, so I smoked so much weed, and I was very high, and, uh, and, and I get this text from my girlfriend that says, uh, hey, um, just want to let you know, my dad just pulled a condom out of uh, my dog's mouth, and I was, oh, and I'm sitting there no. high, and I'm like... Oh my God! What am I gonna do about this? Do I have to call him? Should I apologize? <laughs> I don't know what the answer is to this. And when I when I got home and I saw him later that night, I was just like, it was I was so yeah, sheepish about a, it. That's an awkward so, situation. Guys, don't flush. I'm not advocating for flushing condoms down the toilet, but be careful what yeah. you're doing with them. But you're not advocating not for throwing them in the garbage either. Well, yeah, not right. So what are like, we doing with the brine? Swallow them? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Give it directly to the dog so the dog can take care of it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh, my God. Where do we go from there? I don't know. We don't yeah. go anywhere. Uh, well, you're being very responsible, Brian. That's for sure. <laughs> so we my question, him. Dr. John, is where yeah. do you put your condoms? <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't get flushed. That's for sure. We were, we were actually thinking that we might get some condoms in the in the fat burg because yeah and and turned out we didn't find a single one Whoa, found, really yeah we didn't find a single one sidmouth is uh primarily a retirement town i mean it's a lovely place on the english riviera so um a lot of you know retirees go there we found a lot of incontinence pads yeah right. um that's a lot no of aspersions on the on the population of sidmouth but there were yeah. a, a lot of those I know correlation. And it also turns equal... out that Sidmouth has the highest STD rates in all of the UK. Possible? I would not know. <laughs> I I guess I what I kind of there was something that you said earlier, John. That uh-huh. um, and and this actually came up in our conversation when we originally brought up Fatbergs a couple of weeks ago, which was in that article that I that I had found. Um, they they had used the word autopsy, and you just used the mm-hmm. word autopsy as well. Why do they why do they call it an autopsy? Because and Lauren brought this up. I thought it was kind yeah. of interesting. I've always we've always thought autopsy to be the examination of a of a, a cadaver, a corpse yeah. that has yeah. passed. Um, is is it just like for lack of a better term, they use the word autopsy, I or suppose, is there? Yeah, I suppose we we just called it that because, because I suppose you would say it's a forensic analysis. Right of that, but that's just a boring way to say autopsy. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I guess maybe in if we're writing this up for a, a scientific publication, you you would write a forensic analysis of a fat bird. You, but in the in the lab in the jargon and when you talk to to people, if you say autopsy, people relate mm. to that much more. I mean, mm-hmm. forensic analysis sounds sounds too CSI. You know, mm-hmm. it sounds almost. Yeah. Like it wasn't like that at all. It was, it was very, very smelly when we did it. I, it cleared the uh, yeah, lab. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, yeah, it's like I, I, I'm picturing like I, I like to, I like to think Don't about fatbergs in my spare time, right? Stop. And so, so I, I've like thought about, um, and and maybe you do, maybe you know something about this, John. I, I'm not mm. sure, but I've, I've thought about like how, how fucking wild would it have been for the first human to discover a fatberg like if i was that i i, I just started rewatching uh, the x files and <laughs> and i'm on season 2 and there one of the best episodes in season 2 is about this creature that they find in the sewers mm-hmm. that's like it, it honestly it kind of looks like if a fatberg was like if a fatberg was uh, a humanoid shape it's it's what i it, 
when I think of Fatberg, I get two images. This really fucked up creature from the X-Files and just a bunch of diapers mashed into cooking oil. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I can't figure out which one I love more. But, uh, the, the, you know, really? I, it, is, it does seem like it could be this, like, living thing. There's something sort of... There's something sort of monstrous about it. And especially when you start to look into it and you start to see like how fucking huge, like, can you imagine finding a whale that uh, like underground that is, that is just a diaper whale, a diaper whale, (laughs) like a giant (laughs) diaper condom whale. Like how how big do these things get? Do you know how big fatbergs can become? I, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I suppose they could, be as as large as the neglect, if you like, right? I mean, the mm. thing is, they grow pretty mm. quickly. Um, in in the UK, we have to. So it's by law the the various water utilities have to inspect their sewers at least once every five years. And the sewers here in the UK, they're not like in in the US or in Canada, where they're nice and modern, you know, with concrete and things. Here, they're made out of bricks and mortar, and you get a lot of. It's not smooth, so you can see how the fat could get accreted first on the brick. And then as the wet wipes get stuck to it, it just gets bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And the more stuff you have, the faster the thing will grow. So it it, it can start off small, but grow quite quickly, very quickly, Mm, actually. So Mm. it's, it's, uh, you know, was there a, uh, was there a response from the community? Yeah. I mean, what was brilliant is that, that, um, I mean, it was quite a thing to see these guys going in, every day into the sewers and 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 bring out all this stuff and they they had coming out every day crying yeah very very courageous men (laughs) 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 i mean they are you know like i don't know if they're they're the summer summa of masculinity when it comes to adventureness you know better better than the guys that just go (laughs) into the woods (laughs) <laughs> going into the woods yeah, is nothing yeah. compared to going into a sewer with a fat man. Yeah. But, um, but yes, yeah, so these guys were going in. So it was quite a big thing and the press got a hold of it and everybody was, was interested. And on the top of that, Southwest Water made a, a, a PR campaign basically telling people, look, stop. It's not just flushing your, um, uh, your, your, your unbiodegradable things like, you know, down, down the toilet, but also... Stop putting cooking oils and things like that into the sink, right? Mm. Once you've you've done, mm. we, when we did the analysis of the oil in the fat of the fat itself, we found that it was basically just made up of tallow, so beef and mutton fat with chicken and things like that. So we could mm. we could actually analyze where the the fats came from, and wow. they were mostly mm. animal cooking fats. So it wasn't, you know, it was. For me, a massive surprise, actually, to find out that we use so much cooking fat for a start, right? Yeah. And, and then people will just throw it down the sink. And I remember being a kid and my parents had a, had a cup, like mm-hmm. a coffee mug of fat that was yeah. always by the that was always by the, it's on the I, stove and it was yeah, and it was right hard <laughs> and I would go and I, and, and I remember I remember thinking to myself, what is that? What is that? Like, what, what's going on there? And then um, and then. And, and then later on, when I started to like make my own food, realizing like, oh, this stuff looks like water when it's mm. in the when it's in the pan. Mm. And I guess I guess just kind of pointing to why it can be so easy for people to go, oh, I'll just yeah. chuck this down the drain because right now it's this very it's this very fluid 
like, you know, almost water like substance. And then like, you know, in 10 minutes after you put it down the drain or maybe less, once it cools down, that's just going to harden into this, that's into, right. into this glue mm-hmm. that's going to trap everything around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what, when we did the, so when we did the actual sample analysis, we had these big 15 liter buckets with sample in them. We put them in the autoclave. So that was the, div- it's like a massive steam cooker just to kill everything that was in it because we, we were worried about, you know, bacterial illnesses and viruses and things like that, mm-hmm. that, you know, so we just for safety sake, we'd do that. That, that was not great because it vented into the lab at times and created oh. a stink. But anyway, the, the, the point is when we got that out, it was, as you say, melted fat. Um, we, it, we killed it down to about 50 degrees so that we could operate it safely with our hands. We had um, stab-proof gloves on over which we had our neoprene gloves. We put it in the fume hood so that vents the smell into the atmosphere, and that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But when we started putting our hands in, so you'd, you'd, you'd get this sort of vat of, vat of fat, right? Put your hands in. And you'd be swirling around, digging around for the false teeth and the toilet paper and all this sort of oh. stuff. You'd pull out a tampon, whatever. And then you'd, um, oh you'd take your hands out. And within about five minutes, they were encased in a solid lump of fat. Wow, so it was, it was almost like putting your hands in some sort of plaster of Paris coming out and you, you basically couldn't yeah. move them. So you had to take your gloves off and then the, the fat just broke off. And it was in in little shards everywhere, and and it was it was all very messy. What a mess! (laughs) Yeah, it was messy. Did you reuse any of the fat for cooking? No, we did not. (laughs) (laughs) I can guarantee that. (laughs) I I I I, I am curious that when when uh, you mentioned your interest in in doing this when they first called. Mm. um, You talked about discovering um, maybe unique or interesting. bugs or, mm. or, or microorganisms. And I, I think it's funny, Jared, that you mentioned your idea of this like fat monster yeah. living mm. in the sewer. And I think of that kind of like our idea or a lot of people's thoughts about aliens existing mm. on other planets. Like we think that they're, they're going to be these creatures that are bipedal walk around six feet tall or whatever. But like, uh, uh the, the likelihood is that anything that's closer to us, if there's life on another planet nearby, it could just be a microorganism, right? So yeah. uh, I'm curious in, in thinking about what is in, in the sewer, did you find anything that was of interest or any well, unique or interesting microorganisms? No, we didn't find anything unique. We found mainly gut bacteria and soil bacteria, which is kind of what you would expect. We found yeah. a lot of, you know, a much higher proportion of gut bacteria than you would normally find in the environment. But considering the environment we're looking at, it was, it was what it was. But also the... The fact that the the temperature is quite low in the sewer, right? So it's not you know mega high. The and the when I say quite low, call it ten to fifteen degrees C. The and and this was in the spring. So the and the there's as I said before, there's hardly any oxygen there. So the bacteria when they're metabolizing are doing it very very slowly. And we thought one of our big worries was that the fatberg would actually act as a reservoir for pollutants Mm -hmm. so that it would deliver into the environment at a very slow pace, a lot of pollutants that maybe have been banned, you know, a while ago, but but now they're Mm. caught in this and then they're just leaching into the environment bit by bit. So that was one of our main concerns in addition to the microbiology. Mm -hmm. And 
that was why the I suppose the, the operatives who were dealing with the fatberg actually took all the precautions because it was a big unknown. So it was a massive health risk. Turned out that the health risk wasn't as big as we thought it could have been. But, you know, it's better to, to be doubly sure than... Yeah. I mean, when you when you think about when you think about where we are right now in the current state of the world, mm. I mean, the Fatberg really seems like a place. Like, if someone came along and said, "Covid came from a Fatberg," yeah. I wouldn't argue with them very much. <laughs> Tay, Tay, Tay watch it, dude. You're about to start a new conspiracy <laughs> that's going to spread fucking far and wide. My it friend. came from the Fatberg, man. Patient Zero, Sidmouth, UK. Sidmouth, <laughs> 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 <Save> stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just look into it, man. Just look into yeah. it. Yeah, that's where we're gonna title <laughs> this out there. Do fatbergs oh, cause COVID? <laughs> So I'm just seeing my chances of promotion diminish. (laughs) (laughs) Well, John, I got to say, man, this is uh, without a doubt, hands down, over the last five years and the 250 episodes we put out of this this fucking show, this is the best conversation we've had yet. I love this. This this made me so happy. And hey, you know what? Just for just for the three of you and 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 all of you at home, if you were curious, uh, just quickly, um, uh, if you want to see what I'm about to show the guys here, just Google image search sewer monster X files Uh, in the chat there, guys, on the right on the bottom right. You can see I put a little link. That is a a link to the image of the Fatberg. (laughs) Uh, the humanoid oh, fatberg that I was yeah. I was uh, describing, and that's that <laughs> is it. That's the that's exactly what I picture oh, a fatberg to be. Dude, like that's a, way worse it, than I thought it was going to be. It looks it's, like a it's, degraded buffalo bill. Oh man, it's one of the scariest X Files episodes of all time. It's so good. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is this is I'm just right so up my glad. alley. I'm so glad that the the teeth kind of look like the teeth we had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that. Oh, Frank. Well, John, uh, I want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to to dive into the world of Fatbergs and uh, for for humoring, uh, really just for humoring me. It's a I, pleasure. Brian, <laughs> Brian really wasn't looking forward to this, but it was it was such a delight. So thank you. Thank well, you so much. Well, if you guys are ever around in the UK, I can't send you a sample because basically it's a biohazard. But if you're ever around and you want to have a little sniff, we've got some in a jar in the freezer. Ooh, so. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, man. Brian, challenge accepted. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. Oh gosh, guys, that was that just that just chuffed my duft. That 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 tickled me, Dickle. Oi, 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 Jerry, that was. Cheerio, no, no, that no. was right, right up me, right at me chops. No, 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 no. And you didn't even no. retch once, Brian. It, I was it, really it, impressed. Yeah, you didn't yeah, it, it, it chuffed you to, it chuffed you to it bits. It chuffed, chuffed me duffs. I'm oh, chuffed to bits. It, that, me, me duffs spilled over me tops. Well, you know what, guys? So there's something really exciting that's going to be happening over the next few months. Um, you'll get to see how long we actually last on the CBC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, start the countdown clock. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to take bets. <laughs> Start a pool. And you can find those, you can place those bets over on Discord if oh, you're a man. Patreon supporter. <laughs> because uh, you never know, we might need that support in case things fall through with the old season. Honestly, yeah. though, honestly, though, guys, can we, like, can we just take a second just to think about how, 
how wild it is that that I mean, right now, underneath my house, like there could be a fat bird. That's a crazy thing to think. There probably isn't because I have a fucking bidet, but <laughs> hopefully it's not under your house. Yeah. I, I I have no idea how the sewer system works here. I have no idea. Not I don't like does Big B dig? <laughs> Big B he's he has dug a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. just get him to dig and find out if there's a fat bird or yeah, not. Yeah, get, get Big B to hunt hunt out a fat bird. Yeah. Oh guys, I this is pro, this is such a fucking joy. I love this show so much. I love you guys so much. I love you, Doctor John Love. Thank you so much over there for fucking being on our show. Dude. I fucking love you. Fucking wow, love. this is a life changing yeah, conversation. It really is. And, My and, perspective and, and, is different now. I'm telling you right now, if we ever get over to the UK together as a crew, oh, I can't. I can't wait to go smell that thing with him. Oh. All right, well, uh, we hope you enjoyed it. This was uh, Feel Good Friday. That is it for this week. Oh, Brian, stop it. Uh, Sorry. Uh, I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Lauren. And I'm I'm Jimmy! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. I I, I cannot condone that. I hate me, too. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.